Oh, I love animated movies. My kid is going to have, uh, me and that kid are going to have a, a lifetime of animated movies to watch. Like Moana? Moana is so underrated. Uh, but Mo- but Moana, uh, my wife hasn't seen it, but I've watched it a couple of times by myself. It's pretty good. Moana? What about Frozen, Will? Have you seen Frozen? Yeah, not as good. I, I think it's a little overrated. The songs, like, they're not there for me. I watched Frozen when I was single. That's, I wouldn't admit that to too many people, Will. Let me just how it goes. Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. Joining me as always, we've got Will Greenwood, Trey Barrett. Gentlemen, what is up? I am excited for tonight's episode. As excited as any as that one guy was dancing in the background of the reporter for the, for the Combine. I've been doing a dance warm-up for the last 30 minutes. I got a sweat going, and I'm ready to crush this podcast. You do have quite the sweat worked up, Will. What about you, Trey? Yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to talk a little bit about these rookies. The rookie hype's out of control. The uh, combine was interesting. Some 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 nice uh, nice stuff came out of it. A few surprises. I'm looking forward to talking a little bit about some of the some of the key points that we can take away from the combine. Next is the draft, man. It's like seems like it's uh, only weeks away. Yeah, but we got to get into this combine. We know everyone's talking about it. I like to call it the Saquon Barkley Underwear Olympics because I think they need to name it, name it after him from now on because he just destroyed the combine. And so, guys, what's your comp for Saquon Barkley? What do you got, Will? Oh, man, leading off with Will first. Uh, I, think, I think I'm going to go with the god of war. Uh, it's Mars because he is going to rain down upon the NFL in the next year. And that was also a trivia question to answer a couple of weeks ago when I was at a work hard outing, and I was happy that I, that I now know who the Roman god of war is. Excellent. Trey, what, what, who's your comp for, for Saquon Barkley? You know, man, I think that uh, for me, I'd have to go with Captain America. I mean, this guy, you know, from the beginning, I think as long as I can remember um, after last year's rookie class, looking forward to this year. It was like he was already set to be the 101. Um, as this year went on, the 101 hype did nothing but grow. And then just when you thought that the hype couldn't get any more out of control, the guy goes out and just crushes the combine. I mean, he is like the poster child, you know, like Captain America can do no wrong, you know, just that there's this uh, aura about him. And, um, I think that whatever NFL franchise he goes to is going to be very lucky to have him. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders. And uh, I think that he is going to be a lot of fun to watch at the NFL level. Yeah. How can you not like him? My comp it's, it's kind of generic and it's kind of the easy one to take, but I got to go with Superman guys. I mean, when I think Saquon Barkley, I think of Superman because really there's nothing that he can't do. Right. I mean, any, any holes you try to poke in his game, there are explanations for it. I mean, you know, the offensive line at Penn State wasn't so great. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just nothing else you can say about the guy. He is Superman, and I think you're right, Trey. Any team would be lucky to have him. Um, so here's the thing, though, with, with, with Saquon Barkley. We, we're, you know, we know about Saquon Barkley. Everyone knows about it. He, he is Superman. He is Captain America. He is... Mars, the god of war, Will, you said? Well, I mean, yeah, that's in Roman mythology. I missed the, the Greek part of it. And yeah. here, I actually downloaded the Mars theme song. No, I'm kidding. I did not. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do, you know, talking about the combine, we wanted to take a unique, you know, Fantasy Joe's perspective um, that you're used to getting from us, these, these original fresh takes. So we're not going to do winners and losers. We are actually going to hand out some awards. We're going to do our first ever NFL combine awards. And we're handing out tonight, the Barclays guys. So if, if you, if you, you know, you win uh, best picture, um, you, you get an Oscar. 
if you're the best show on Broadway, you get a Tony. But if, if you do well at the Combine and you win in these categories, you're going to get a Barkley tonight. And the Fantasy Joes are giving up Barclays. So you guys ready to do this? You ready to give out some Barclays? Let's do it. Who will go home with a Barkley? Who will go home brokenhearted? Let's find out now, shall we? Um, and, and so the first category, guys, of the Barclays, it's the outlier category. It's either someone that's most likely to be a fantasy stud despite a disappointing combine, or it could be someone most likely to be a fantasy bust despite an outstanding combine. So, gentlemen, who are the candidates for the outlier award? I can, I can lead off here, and I have, a, I have a couple of them, and it's all going to come back to kind of one player that I'm going to speak quite a bit about tonight. Uh, but I'm going to hold off on, you have to wait, you know, wait patiently to hear that. But I think one of them, the outlier, I think, and it's the most, it's the person I feel like had a disappointing combine overall that I still believe in and that they can be great in the NFL. And I'm going with Mark Walton. I think it was with his receiving ability. He, he only got cleared to, you know, go to the combine a few weeks beforehand. So it wasn't, he didn't get a lot of like the training time that these other guys did. So it's not that shocking that he underperformed when you're talking about physical traits at the end of the day. I think he's going to become a value and you're going to be getting a nice PPR running back uh, in, in Mark Walton. Yeah. My, my nominee for the outlier award, I, I've got to go with Ronald Jones and maybe that's kind of cheating here, but he did have a disappointing combine and, and he has you know small hands and, you know, he pulled a hamstring so we didn't see how he could catch the ball, but I think he still could be something in the NFL. I, I don't think we have a full picture of what he can be. So I like Ronald Jones as my outlier. Trey, who, who do you have? Yeah, I don't, I don't have any one specific person. And, and, you know, to be honest, I think it's a great uh, opportunity just to mention that, you know, the combine, and I think if you look back to Dalvin Cook last year, it was a great example. You know, there were a lot of, especially, I don't, we don't really know how much NFL teams really discounted Dalvin Cook because of his combine performance. Um, you know, I've heard some some um, media personnel talking even in the past couple of days about how much the NFL really put into the combine and, and the, the you know, the it, it was supposed that effectively the interviews and what happens kind of behind closed doors and some of the um, evaluations that take place with injuries are really what the NFL teams are looking at the most. But I'm just curious. You know, anyone that didn't have an impressive performance at the combine or maybe didn't do something that we kind of expected them to do, um, I think sometimes the fantasy community may take it hard a little more than the actual NFL teams, a la Dalvin Cook, who last year, you know, many people thought was going to be the 102, and then, you know, he ended up sliding to the 105 in many rookie drafts. So just kind of a little reminder, if if your guy, if, if a guy that you had your eyes on didn't have a great combine, don't uh, – you know, don't discount him too much. And, and speaking of Dalvin Cook, I looked up the combine stats last year and wanted to bring up just a quick thing as we talk about this because it's so much fun to get hyped around the combine and the results, especially positive ones. And they're, they're, we'll talk about some more outliers. But I think if you look at like last year, so you had Katie Cannon ran a four four one forty. He had a thirty seven inch vert and a one hundred nineteen inch broad like broad jump, and he had great counting stats the year before. And he can't even stay on a roster. Uh, Jeremy McNichols ran a four four nine last year, had a, a 35 and a half vert at 121 broad. He went in the fifth round and it looked like he was, you know, he went all over the place in rookie drafts in dynasty. And where is he now? You know, he's hanging on by a thread. Uh, Brian Hill ran a great 40, had a good vert, had a great broad jump. And then you look at a guy like Corey Clement who went undrafted, who had a four six eight forty, a 28 and a half vert and 115, you know, broad jump. These are all below average, you know, the uh, metrics and some questionable counting stats at Wisconsin. He had a great, he had a great season. Uh, and Kareem Hunt came in at a four six two forty, and so I think that it's hard to. For for me, it took it took me a second to realize and, and look at these things to make sure that I'm not getting overly involved or overly excited about people's forty times or how high they can jump, you know, or, or how far they can jump and things like that. Because there are other things that go into it, uh, and those were just some few a few people that stuck to me quite a bit because I really liked Brian Hill and Jeremy McNichols last year and even Katie Cannon, and they all did very poorly in the NFL so far. Yeah, no, those are those are really good points. Another guy that that could be a, a nominee for the Outlier Award could be a, a Calvin Ridley. 
And, and I think in the dynasty community, Trey, as you point out, not only were, were, are there going to be some dis- disappointing results from the combine, um, but, but also his age. I mean, th- those are going to be two strikes that people are going to pile up on him. He's probably going to slip in, in drafts. And I think he's very intriguing still right up there in the top tier of my wide receivers. But the guy, I mean, he ran, what, a, a 4.44 uh, 40. Um, you know, he's, that's fast enough. He, he's got the route running. I think he could still be a really impressive pro. So, guys, the winner, uh, the, the, um, the Barkley goes to – I want to give it to Mark Walton. I'm going to give it to Mark Walton because I think oh, that Mark yeah. Walton – with the upset, because I, I do think he's coming off the injury, and I, I think that that he still could be this um, fantasy stud. So we'll give it the first Barkley of the night to Mark Walton. Congratulations, Mark Walton. Um, you can give we your acceptance you. speech off the air because we've got to move on to other other, other categories. So let's move on to the next category. It's best NFL combine moment. Uh, Will, what did you have for your best NFL Combine moments? Uh, I guess you could go I, – I, I went moments. I just like to see that Nick Chubb did really well in the Combine when it comes to measurables uh, and his athleticism. He got hated on quite a bit at Georgia this year for being slow and clunky, and it turns out he's not slow and clunky. So I'm very excited to see what he's going to do in the NFL. The other part was uh, G.J. Shark. I, I just – I don't know. I, I'm super pumped to see what – a uh, to me, what a slightly taller – and more athletic Will Fuller can do in the league. He could go the way of like, you know, Malachi Dupree and other LSU wide receivers. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to gamble a little bit on Shark this year when my rookie drafts. Yeah, he's super intriguing, right? And I'm really eager to see where he's going to go in rookie drafts because, you know, he looked good um, going through the gauntlet as well. Um, yeah, he just looked – he was fast and he looked, looked natural as a wide receiver, didn't he? I, that, that's a great call. And, yeah, Nick Chubb, oh, man, that is a great combine moment to see that he – has it and um you know i I think you guys know i know trey you've been a fan of chubb but i I had my doubts with with you know coming off the injury and how explosive he would be but now i'm just like i'm I'm on the chubb bandwagon i'm very excited about him yeah i don't think a single person would have bet on chubb beating uh michelle in the in the 40 no way yeah Uh, so trey what what about you 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 like those combine moments you got another uh, nominee for best nfl combine moment yeah, I do. I do actually. And you know, this guy, I, I, I'll have to be honest. I didn't, um, Shaquem Griffin, the linebacker out of UCF. Um, I didn't know a lot about him coming into the combine and I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't watch any of the combine live. And so I have read a lot of the reports and, uh, watched some video clips some snippets, some summaries, and of course, have been following all of the um, massive overreaction um, happening through the Twitter sphere. Um, so, Shaquem Griffin, uh, for those of you who don't know, is uh, a one-handed athlete. Um, he apparently lost his hand; it was amputated when he was four. There was some some damage that had occurred um, at birth. He has a twin brother who actually went to the same college and plays cornerback for the Seahawks was a third round pick, I think last year. Shaquille. Um, and uh, Shaquille, so Shaquille Griffin was not even originally invited to the combine. When the initial invite list was made, there were 330 names on that list and Shaquille Griffin was not one of them. And this is a guy who was a pretty significant producer at UCF as a linebacker and came into the combine and just absolutely tore it up. He ran a four, three, eight 40, which is ridiculous for a 227 pound linebacker. Um, he put up 20 reps on the bench. He, he's got this prosthesis that um, was that, that goes onto the bar that he can fit his arm into. And uh, what's crazy is it, his comments were like, during training, he did anywhere between like six and 11 reps. So he was expecting to do less than 10 and then just rocked out 20 reps on the bench. I don't, you just can't help but cheer for the guy. And, and I know that there were, you know, some concerns about, you know, with Jason Pierre Paul and his accident and the struggles to play afterwards. But, you know, one of the comments I read this week is that, you know, this guy has never played football uh, with two hands. And so I, I just think it's an incredible story. I thought it was amazing that he performed so well. 
Um, I think he genuinely is a, just an incredible story. And um, for me, that was hands down the um, best moment of the combine. And so he, he was on the, the Dan Patrick show and I agree. He's, he's like the, he's the great story. He said he wanted to beat his brother's time in the 40 who came in as a quarter, a corner, a cornerback last year. And his brother uh, with, with two arms ran a four, three, eight, 40. And so he tied him and he's a little, he's bigger and he's a linebacker. He's, he's like, what do you, what do you weigh in at? Like 125 ish, 124 ish, maybe a little more. Uh, and so he tied his brother in the, in the 40 time uh, and put up more reps on the bench and things like that. And my honest opinion, and we talked about this slightly before is I think he's going to end up being a Seattle Seahawk and that's going to be a steal for them. He plays football better with one arm than what, like he's in the one, you know, the top one percentile of, or he's in, you know, the 99th percentile of, of, you know, talent when it comes to coming to the NFL, it's going to be incredible. I'm super excited to watch him. Yeah, that, that's a great call. Uh, probably the, the front runner in this category. Um, I, I just, I'm going to throw out a, a couple of, of great moments. My, my favorite was when um, the, the, the timer wasn't working. So Charlie Casserly, they were showing him in the stands hand timing the 40 the yard dash for the quarterbacks. I, I was fortunate enough that I got to see a lot of the combine live. Um, I took some time off of work and we were doing some things around the house and I would sneak away from what I was trying to do around the house to watch the combine live. And it was so funny. If you haven't seen that, um, <laughs> the, the video of that, it's just, it's just hilarious. There's, there's a great uh, tweet. I think it was uh, Kyle Krabs uh, at NDT scouting had this tweet of Charlie Casserly with him, like holding the, 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 the uh, stop, stopwatch and like, like aiming like a gun. And then it shows on the other picture, this frame of, of, the, the Kennedy assassination of, 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 of the, the late great president Kennedy being lined up. Um, it, it's, I know it doesn't sound funny, but it's pretty funny if you've seen it. So um, it's another, real funny when Kennedy gets killed there, Ryan has not enough time. To pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, That's what you want to run your forties with their hand time in it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Chase Edmonds of Fordham, the Fordham running back, you know, this guy's a, uh, FCS running back. He's got a, you know, great personal story, uh, you know, plays for Fordham, super small school. He, he's, he's a dad. He's got, he's got a young, young daughter and, uh, you know, his, his numbers were, were really good. I, I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but, a uh, uh, three cone 6.79, he, he ran the 40, uh, four, five, five. So he's a small school guy. And I, I like to see the small school guys that put up good numbers at the combine. So maybe he'll get a shot somewhere. So Chase Edmonds of Fordham, um, you know, guy to maybe draft late in your rookie drafts. Um, but so the, this is the category of, of best NFL combine moment. And the Barkley goes to, this is an easy one, right, Trey? Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's a pretty, it's a, that's, that's all we like to call the low hanging fruit. Yeah. Shaquem Griffin. Um, on, on the other hand, you've got some bad combine moments, the worst combine moments or moments. So, what do we got for that? Will, what do you got for your worst NFL combine moment? Or moments? <laughs> I mean, it's, I laugh because it's it, basically all of Orlando Brown's combine uh, that was involved. And he's still being mocked occasionally. And again, mock drafts are they're kind of whatever. But he, he's being mocked like for a second rounder. But he set combine lows, uh, like historic lows, at the 40-yard dash, the vertical jump, and the broad jump. And also was uh, – you know, he, he got scolded for, for like kind of uh, like lazing around. And I just think, I just think, come on, man, like let's, let's get it together. And I hope he has a successful career just to kind of like get, give kind of like a nice, uh, a, a, a nice retort to the combine. I mean, like the combine doesn't matter. Maybe that he was trying to prove a point there and maybe he will be super successful, but he definitely lost a, like, I feel like several million dollars by his combine results. Uh, and I have a second one just real quick was uh, Justin Jackson, the Northwestern running back six foot one ninety three. seems real slim. I think kind of worries me. Yeah. Not the ideal size for, for NFL running back. That's for sure. Trey, what about you? What were your, what was one of your uh, worst NFL combine moments? Well, for me, I'm going to get a little sentimental here. You know, the worst combine moment for me, and you, you kind of already alluded to this, Ryan was was when Ronald Jones pulled up lame running his 40. Um, I think, and, and this is a gentleman that we talked about in our um, mock rookie 
preview and and discussed basically that um, he was a guy we were all kind of watching and I know the weigh-in was going to be part of it you talked about you know the the ability to catch the ball I think that it was going to be very interesting to see how he tested at the combine because he is a guy that I think his his well all these guys' range of outcomes are, are pretty wide. But I think Ronald Jones is probably a, a guy that you're going to see go in the second, third round of the NFL draft. I mean, so I, I do think it was very unfortunate for him as a, as a young man that uh, he was not able to showcase his abilities. And uh, whether that's going to hurt him as far as entering the draft, I don't know. Whether that maybe paves the way for a uh, – a NFL team to be able to take him a little bit later than they would have had he come out and, and tested really well. But uh, anytime that you have someone of his that caliber of an athlete who's put in all the time and effort um, into you know working hard, playing several years at the collegiate level, and then show up at you know potentially one of the more important days of his life as a professional and uh, pull a hammy like. That's super, super disappointing, and and I haven't seen much fallout as to as to what he ha, what his comments were afterwards. But you just have to feel for a guy that basically is unable to finish testing, and you know, well, bummer for that guy. Yeah, it's a weirdly big moment. Do you think so? With Ronald Jones weigh in, are you like where do you, did he drop down for you in your opinion of him? Coming in at, at five, you know, just over five eleven and two oh five, he seems a little slight. Again, like, you know, I'm not some some, some weight expert, but it, from all the the metrics that go into analyzing, you know, somebody's pr- predicted future that hurts him. Uh, what what do you think? Like, where do, do you see him at his like RB like four maybe now or five or where, where's he where's he at? Well, so for me, those. Uh, running backs for me, basically you, the two of Barkley and guys are tier one and tier two all to themselves. And then you get to that next group. And, and, and I think for me that you've got Michelle and Chubb that are probably right in that next tier. And then there's a whole slew of guys and, and Ronald Jones would be among them as well as Rashad Penny where landing spot and even more importantly, draft capital is going to mean more than anything. So, you know, it, it's going to really, I know that, and I know that's the, the pat answer. And I know that's, you know, it's, it's, you know, so much more ballsy for me to be like, Oh yeah, he's still my running back four, but it's just not, I, I mean, I, I'm not going out on a limb until I see what the NFL franchise is willing to spend as far as draft capital on him. I two Oh five was a little better than I was actually expecting. I didn't, I wasn't sure he was going to come in at 200. So I was actually a little bit happy to uh to see that he came in a little over 200 pounds two gallons of water deep <laughs> he's just, still he's still my running back four Trey. come on give a ballsy answer no i i, I don't feel like that's I feel like it's, so, it's so early i was just curious <laughs> you know, it's like uh how, how you know how much you discount or weigh it in you know i don't produce ranks at this point in time i just kind of look at the players and, and you know form pseudo opinions yeah, yeah you guys know a couple weeks ago going into our mock draft that we did you know, I, I passed on Jones for, for some of these reasons. The fact that I haven't seen him as this guy that, that can that could be a good pass catcher in the NFL. So, yeah, all these things are adding up for me. So, on my list, I, I'm, I think Trey nailed it. A lot has to do with landing spots. But he's definitely in that tier of, the, of, of a bunch of other running backs. Yeah, you've got, um, uh, just like he said, you know, Barkley and then in the tier one, guys tier two, then three, probably the Georgia running backs. And then in that tier four, a bunch of other guys, a lot of it's going to have to do with landing spots for me. Um, worst combine uh, moments for me, I, I got to point out a couple of the, the quarterbacks. And, and I, I will say that these were bad moments, disappointing moments. And I, I, I do want to say that these were probably smart for these guys, at least for Sam Darnold, because Sam Darnold, he didn't do anything. You know, him and his ginormous head that he has was just kind of laughing, yucking it up with Josh Allen, right? Like, hey, you can throw the ball really far. You're, you're pretty cool. Let's be best friends. Um, so there was Sam Darnold who, who was just kind of just, just chilling, you know, not doing anything. And that was disappointing because it would have been nice to see him throw the ball. And, and then L- Lamar Jackson. And, and I guess I question whether it's smart for Lamar Jackson. You know, and we know the reasons why. You know, he, he's, you know he, I'm, not, I'm not a wide receiver. I'm a quarterback. And I get that and I respect that. But he doesn't have an agent. 
And I, I wonder if he didn't miss an opportunity to, to really wow teams that see him as a quarterback to see how, you know, Michael Vick like he can be, how quick can he be, how elusive he can be. Cause that, I, I guess we know that maybe it doesn't matter because teams know that already. But still, it would have been nice to see him just blow the other QBs away, running the 40 and the three cone and that type of thing. So that was disappointing. So my, those are my QB disappointments. It was just disappointing not to see all that we could have seen from the quarterbacks. I mean, maybe Jackson's trying to slip a little bit in the first round so he doesn't end up as a Brown. That, that's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off for him. <laughs> it would have been fun. It would have been fun to see a 40 time and, and you know, some metrics from him for sure. For sure. Yeah, so I, we have a lot of a lot of good ones here, but I, I think you got to give the worst NFL Combine moment too. So the Barkley goes to Orlando Brown. How can it not? I, I mean, that guy's got to show something at um, at his pro day, as does Ronald Jones. But really, Orlando Brown needs to. He, you're right, Will. He lost a ton of money. I, I mean, you know, you look at those numbers. I mean, it doesn't take a, a NFL scout to tell you that that, you know, if you just look at those numbers on paper, you're like, you, you couldn't drop this guy. <laughs> I know there's more to it than that, but he's got to, he's got to show up. Okay. Next category guys, most surprising combine performance. And there were a lot of them, but, but let's get into them. We'll lead off again. Your most surprising combine performance. All right. Th- this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Royce Freeman here and he actually gets my most quacktastic moment of the combine because he, he, he ran a great 40. He had a great three cone. He did a lot of things in the combine that really like you didn't think he was going to do. Like he was compared to uh, Elliot. Chris said that he was Matt Forte. Uh, he has Matt Forte's vision, but none of the other uh, basically athleticism. So when Royce Freeman goes out there and produces a four five, four 40 and can have a, a 40, uh, 34 inch vertical and, and run a great three cone, uh, and, and overall performed really well. I think he he's like a six nine. Like that's really that's a you know it's basically the bar that he needed to meet. It's, he's not Dalvin Cook, but he could be a little bit of maybe Dalvin Cook plus here in the NFL. I'm very excited to see his landing spot, and I'm happy that he did well because he stayed an extra year in college. And people get criticized very heavily for that, including for me as, as you know the fantasy Joe. But uh, I yeah I think I think Royce Freeman he was my most surprising person in the combine. And I'm very excited to grab him where I can if he slips. That's good. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. He he definitely surprised me as well. Uh, uh, Trey, you you got another really surprising name that that really pops out at, at everybody, right? Yeah, and you know maybe this is just one of those things where the guy was kind of flying in under the radar. Um, I uh, talking about tight ends. Um, you know, last year we're coming off a season where you know we had what many people have talked about being a, you know, a historic tight end class last year with Evan Ingram putting up an incredible rookie season, OJ Howard and, and um, David and Joku. And uh, then coming into this year, you've got Mark Andrews, who's pretty widely considered the tight end one in this rookie class. And then Dallas Goder, who's getting some, um, you know, some pushes, maybe a one B to Mark Andrews, but, there were very few people that I heard talking about Mike Kosicki out of Penn state. And uh, this guy came in to the combine and it, it's kind of cool when you hear him talk about it because he, he was basically like, I knew I was going to do this. And um, I, I even saw, I forget who it was. Uh, I wish I could give credit, but on Twitter, they were like, you know, talking about the uh, strength and condition, not actually the, some performance coach at Penn state, um, Charles Gold, I think is his name and, and giving him some credit. Cause it's like, you know, Saquon Barkley destroyed the combine and then Mike Gesicki turns around and destroyed the combine. And then one of their defensive backs, like these guys from Penn State is putting up unreal numbers. But if you haven't looked at Mike Gesicki's numbers at the combine, you owe it to yourself. I mean, I could rattle off all the numbers, but you owe it to yourself to go look at them and then look at them historically for the tight end position. Shoot, even compare him to some of the wide receivers, and it is incredibly impressive at his size that he put up the athletic scores that he did. And I, I think he play, he placed first or second in all seven of the workouts that he did at the combine. And the only one he finished second in, he would have tied for first in the bench press, except one of his reps was disqualified because he didn't straighten his elbow enough. So like on a technicality, 
I mean, the guy crushed the combine. I didn't see it coming. And uh, I think it's very possible that we could be looking at another in, in a, at a position where we really still, you know, some of these guys, the Greg Olsons, the Jimmy Grahams, you're starting to kind of see some of the stalwarts at the tight end position for fantasy, I should say, um, you know, sliding a little bit. Gronk's, you know, talking about retirement. And so you you really have a need for playmakers, kind of like running back last year, got this, you know, basically this boon of young talent at the position. So, so maybe again, we're going to have three tight ends here that are going to be serviceable fantasy options. And, and, and you're talking about a guy that could probably be had in the man, I, I don't know, maybe in the late second, the way that the, the running back depth is in this class. So I, I thought he'd really showed well and, and I'll be interested to see. I, I almost would, he has to be taken in the second round, late first, early second round at, with the, with the way he performed. Do you think, do you think tight end is the most exciting combine uh, results nowadays? Probably not the most exciting, you know, post numbers out of this world lately, the last few years. Yeah. I think the running back and wide receiver still are the glory positions, if you will. But, you know, to, to me, I, I think that the tight end, you know, especially when we're seeing these guys, you know, like Evan, In- I mean, Evan Ingram for all intents and purposes is a wide receiver that plays the tight end position. And I think that Mike Gesicki is in that same mold. And I think of the three of the three tight ends in this rookie class, I think Mike Gesicki has the best chance to put up the kind of numbers yeah. that Evan Ingram did in his first season, because the big knock to his game is blocking. But in this day and age with NFL offenses, you know, they don't need tight ends to block. There are a lot of teams that will run a second tight end in to help with the blocking. And, and a guy like Evan Ingram, it was a knock last year. Like, he's not a great blocker. It didn't hinder his ability to perform for fantasy. It, it affects him as at the NFL level. But, I mean, I think Mike Kosicki could very easily – outperform the other two rookie tight end the other two tight ends in this class as a rookie yeah I I, I like that take Trey because Gasicki I, I might like Dallas Goddard more long term as a dynasty asset but for to, to pick up a guy that can help you early on I think Gasicki's the the tight end that could could have the biggest impact as a as a rookie for sure um great great take there great call I, I totally agree with that so my most surprising combat performance let me throw it out there is Cortland Sutton because he, he had some some specific uh, drills that he, that he just was amazing at the the 6.573 cone um, that, that's just amazing for a guy his size I mean this guy is 6'3 218 it's usually the the small guys that have three cone numbers that are amazing and as a reminder you know it, it's funny because every year going into the combine you know you know we're the fantasy joes I don't know this thing you know this thing like the back of my hand I gotta remind myself like why are these drills important so you know looking up the three cone measures the ability of running backs and receivers to change direction and indicates their elusiveness in the open field, their ability to separate initially before contact and their route running upside. So I, I, I think some of the, the knocks I've heard on him is, is Sutton needs to develop um, his, his route tree. And I think, I think he just showed basically he's definitely fast enough and, and he showed you know, the, the elusiveness, the ability to change direction we know the guy i mean is gets good separation from his um from from looking at his college tape so i'm just really excited now about Cortland sutton i i think any questions i might have had about him might have been answered this might have been one of those instances where i think the combine tells us something so i was very surprised and excited to see some of those numbers from Cortland sutton also top four short shuttle time 4.11 and a top two 60 yard shuttle 11.06 so really excited about Cortland Sutton. Was very surprised to see those numbers. Didn't expect. I think it's going to boost him up quite a bit. Actually, to his combine results because they were talking about him running like in the four sixes to four sevens uh, in his in his 40, 40 yard dash. So I want to take. I'm going to cheat a little bit here because I want to add a fourth contestant, and I've been waiting for this all show. <laughs> his name is Ryan Hall, and he came up briefly before. But let me let me give you some like fun like comparisons to Ryan Nall. So I looked it up real quick uh, two years ago in 2016. So what did, what did Derrick Henry do compared to Ryan Nall? Because Ryan Nall came in at 6'2", 232 pounds. Uh, he has he has 10 inch hands. He runs a four five eight forty. He has a 33 inch vertical and a 10 foot two broad jump. He ran a six nine five three cone. 
and a 416 20-yard shuttle. So this dude is an athlete, and yep. he is quick, and he can move, and he is big, and he can catch. And, yeah, he played, he played at Oregon State, and they were – I mean, they were horrible, to put it in a nice way. Uh, even in their, their uh, metrics, they actually should have finished – they finished 1-11 last year. They actually were uh, – they should have finished – it was like .9 and, and 11.1 and losses. Like, they won their one game against Portland State, which is an FBS – or uh, uh, not an FBS uh, – the, the conference downs. So it's just ridiculous. And he put up some great, like some good stats when you look at comparisons for Oregon State. But anyway, so w- let's say you compare these two. Uh, so he's an inch shorter. Uh, he weighs, you know, a little bit less, but he has a, a bigger hand size. He runs a fat, like just a slightly slower 40. He's a little bit uh, less athletic, but just only slightly, but crushes the three cone and 20 yard shuttle over Derrick Henry. And so you're talking about a guy who can run fast. Uh, and, and and make big cuts is, is what you're saying when they what, what they're looking at with the 20 yard shuttle and also his his longest touchdown in his senior year was 75 yards so my thing with Ryan Nalls and I'm, it's going to become kind of my I think it might be my like rah rah moment until the draft it's going to be like I am on this rah, this Ryan Nall bandwagon and but I'll finish it off at the end of the episode but I think he also had a very surprising combine performance for a guy that's been classified occasionally as a tight end. So your Ryan Nall is kind of like my Kyle Laletta is what you're saying, Will. But better. <laughs> I, I would take issue. I mean, Kyle Laletta put up some good numbers at the combine for, for quarterback. He was above average. But, no, I, I'm with you. Like, Will, I thought you were – it was kind of like one of those running jokes like during the, the rookie mock draft episodes, and we were kind of editing that out, or I was, sorry. Um, at least some of it. Because because for those listeners that don't know, there was a lot more talk about Ryan Nall. I mean, the, we had like probably, what, Trey, like two, three hours of, of, of Will talking about Ryan Nall, right? So, I mean, I went into game-by-game summaries. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, 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 I want to say my closing comment for Ryan Nall, but I think he had a very surprising combine, for me at least, as I was looking through the combine list, and looking at these people's stats and, and, and looking at like their some of their highlights and game film, and honestly, a, a person that stood out because he was Oregon's athlete of the year coming or the you know football player of the year coming into college, and so it just really shocks me he didn't get to play in the Senior Bowl because he didn't come out as a senior, he came out as a junior. Anyway, that, that's to the end. Let's 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 give, let's give this uh this Barkley. Let's out. give out this Barkley. I think. And can can I vote? <laughs> Are you gonna vote? Okay, go ahead. I, yeah, my vote's my vote is actually for Cortland Sutton. All right, <laughs> that was my nomination. So I don't know. Even though I nominated him, I I, I, I think we have to give out two Barclays here. We got to give out two because I think you got to give one out to Cortland Sutton and, and Gasecki. Gasecki is it Gasecki? Gasecki. I've heard both. Gasecki, you got to give him uh, a, a Barkley for his sick combine performance that he put out there. Um, so we'll give out two Barclays for that category. And there's more to give out, gentlemen, like the best combine interview slash press conference, including incoming rookies, GMs, or coaches. Um, I've got some that I want to want to talk about, including um, the aforementioned Mike Gesicki. His um, press conference was, was pretty cool um, because because he said, and I quote, everybody's what you going to run? What you going to jump? What you going to bench? He said on Friday, I feel like if I tell everybody that it's not going to be as cool when I do it. <laughs> I, I just think that's a, <laughs> after the fact, I think that's awesome. I think that's, that's great. Um, I, I think the other one for me is, is Baker Mayfield. You know, when, when asked about joining the Browns, did you guys see this? Um, he said, that would be a chance to play football. I'd love that. First thing first, they get a winner. If anybody's going to turn that franchise around, it's going to be me. They're close. They're very close. They've got the right pieces. They just need one, that one guy in quarterback uh, to make the difference, which I, I love Baker Mayfield. And, and like you've said, Trey, many times on, on this, uh, this podcast, you know, you like his attitude and, and his moxie, I think you've said. And the more that I hear him talk and see him – you know, I, I, I really like that attitude too. And it's pretty obvious why he's becoming this dynasty uh, community favorite because everyone seems highest on him. You know, you look at the, the rankings, it seems like, you know, four out of five people will take Baker Mayfield over any other quarterback. So I have a, I have a um, kind of fun, this is just a brief snippet. I, I found it kind of humorous. Um, 
So Josh Allen, apparently, I don't know if you guys heard about this. Josh Allen was apparently meeting with the Dolphins, right? You know, the Dolphins, uh, Ryan Tannehill is the incumbent and uh, might be in the market for a uh, quarterback. And uh, so Josh Allen, uh, probably a little nervous, goes into his meeting with the Dolphins. And uh, he might have referred to Dan Marino as Mr. Elway. So, uh, I, I, no, I hadn't heard that. Are you serious? No I, way. I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing Josh Allen is probably not going to be selected by the Miami Dolphins, but, uh, I thought that was pretty humorous. That's a win for Josh. That's a win for Josh Allen. <laughs> it's a compliment to Dan Marino. Oh, ouch. Oh man. <laughs> Dan Marino. I, I gotta uh, say, maybe we're going to off topic. That guy was so tough though. in the NFL, I mean, he, he he was built for this generation of NFL. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he played through like some crazy injuries, and he was a competitor. I mean, man, it, it, there's there there are like the, my number. Well, yeah, I, I uh, Dan Marino was tough. He also has one of the most bro voices I feel like in quarterback history because he's like, I am Dan not, Marino. I've been doing it for a long time. I throw passes and touchdowns all the time. Not a big thing. Not to mention, he overcame the whole Einhorn is Finkel situation. Uh, do we have any other nominees for uh, – but- Did you just call Dan Marino a Tucker? I'm just, I'm just very curious about this. Do we have any – There's laughter going on in the background. More, do we have any more nominees for this category? Muted. Is it just those two things? Um, or three things, I guess, Josh, Josh Allen. Um, I, I think that the – and the Barkley goes to – I think you got to give it to, to Baker Mayfield on this. I, I just love that comment. I love the – uh, the the confidence and um, I, I think Baker Mayfield deserves a uh, a Barkley, so we'll like give it to him. We'll give it to him. How about this is one of my my favorites, and um, I'll let you guys go first. But um, uh, this category kind of got out of control. But but it was the best combine related tweet. Um, wh- wh- what do you got, Will? Uh, so I'm going to miss, I, I forgot to post in the show sheet and I apologize for the, the host of this, but there was one where there was a combine player warming up the background of, uh, you know, somebody was, was doing a, a little broadcast from the field and he was just dancing around and the dude dancing in the background. I feel like it was the best by far warm up to the combine. Cause he was just having a good time and he's there to have a good time. And I, I really appreciated that. All right. That was, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Uh, Trey, what what about you? What's your uh, best combine-related tweet? So, if you guys haven't seen this, is, this is one of those that you kind of have to had had to have been there. So, for those of you listening to this podcast, all seventeen of you, I'm going to need you to kind of kindly pause the podcast and go to Twitter and type in the hashtag Run Rich Run. And what you're going to be presented with is a fantastic video of Rich Eisen uh, basically being, uh, I guess, simulcast with various combine participants. And he gets about a six-yard head start in the 40-yard dash against all of them. And it is so comical. It's so good. It's like a full second. To watch them just come flying by him. And then, and then the, the there's one that's about a two and a half minute video. If you watch it all the way to the end, there's one where he gets put up against one of the members of their production crew, and he actually would have lost to that gentleman too, except the the guy stumbled at the very end, and and Rich Eisen finally uh, beat someone in the forty yard dash. But you, you got to check it out. It's I mean it, it is so amazing watching these collegiate, soon to be NFL athletes just fly by. Uh, rich eyes and it's it's fantastic you got to watch it that's awesome have, have you guys ever run a 40 um if i did it was a long time i, th- I think it, actually in the in the cub scout olympics yes i think i did run the 40 i, I was third place in the <laughs> district thank you very much uh what was the time oh man i don't know i, I four six four uh, i think that's right yeah i think that's right I remember running the 40 in high school when I was, I played soccer primarily. And then I played, I played one year of football actually just for, for conditioning for soccer. And uh, I remember running, I have no clue what my times were. I, I don't, I just remember it was one of the things we had to do. One of the drills um, that we had to do for, for uh, spring practice for football. 
it'd be really cool if I knew oh, yeah. my time. That, that would be pretty. Uh, I distinctly remember uh, my freshman year of high school going up against one of our best athletes uh, at, at Central High School in Davenport, Iowa. And uh, I felt like I got a really good jump off the line, maybe even didn't get called for a false start, and uh, ran, and he caught up to me and passed me, and I ran, I ran a five flat. And I, uh, I think, I think I'm okay with that with my athleticism at this at this time of day, because after that I got into like you know other high school things, but I think that was the only time I'd been timed into forty, and with with maybe cheating ran a ran a five flat. So when I look at when I look at combine prospects and I'm like, hmm, freshman will could outrun you. That's a really hard time for me to get like really hyped up about somebody. I think if I had to put money on the fastest fantasy Joe, my money would go on Will. Um, mainly because he's got us, but like he's what nine, ten years younger than than Trey and I. <laughs> but also, I think you're a little more athletic than us as well. So we'll, we'll find out one of these days. Maybe we'll have a uh, fantasy Joe's forty. I mean, I own I own three kickball championship T-shirts from from last summer in Minneapolis. So Minneapolis kickball, what's up? Yeah, I, I might bet on on. Uh, I might take myself as the the third place fantasy Joe in the forty. <laughs> pretty sure um it'd be super funny to see like uh like if we're doing like throw like throwing drills who could throw the ball the furthest from their knees or something because i can't i mean i don't have an arm at all maybe next year at the senior bowl we can put together a uh fantasy joe's combine right i've flown into mobile alabama it's it's you know you, you can get there usually with the transfer it's yeah. not really easy but ha- hashtag fantasy joe's combine <laughs> well maybe Reese's sponsors us uh hashtag Reese's sponsors fantasy joe's 20 20- I think 19. even Angels Envy has some money put to there. put up to get us down to, to Mobile, Alabama for the combine, right? Um, <laughs> let's let's move on. I got a couple of uh, nominees for best combine related tweet. Um, this one was great at Mike Freeman NFL NFL assistant coach coach on Saquon Barkley quote I would punch myself in the nuts many 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 times to be able to draft him. <laughs> Just love that. And, and then. Um, Dusty Carr at Whiteout Wizard had a series of tweets that were great. Uh, Saquon Barkley and Superman once fought each other on a bet. The loser had to start wearing his underwear on the outside of his pants. <laughs> That's great. These are great tweets. Yeah, I think these are re- repurposed Chuck Norris it quotes. Could though. be. They're still amazing. Saquon Barkley has a grizzly bear carpet in his room. The bear isn't dead. It is just afraid to move. Will, why don't you take the last one? <laughs> <laughs> I can't read, so this is going to be hard. Uh, Saquon Bartley was bit by a cobra, and after five days of excruciating pain, the cobra died. So those are great. I, I think for this category, it's a it's a competitive one because these are all really really uh, competitive uh, entries. But the the last award of the night, I think the last award, unless you guys have something up your sleeve, the Barkley for best combine related tweet goes to. I'm going to give it to Dusty at FF's Joe underscore. No, I'm going to give it to Dusty Carr at Whiteout Wizard because he has those three great tweets, even if they were repurposed or borrowed. Although, uh, you know, honorable mention goes to hashtag run rich run. These are all good. I I mean, uh, what, you know, what the heck we've got extra Barclays. We're going to get Barclays to all of the nominees in this category. And, And I have to say one of the great things about the combine is Twitter, like watching the combine, while you're on Twitter, is this so much fun? Not only do you get a lot, a lot of useful information on Twitter for just so many brilliant people that not only are in the dynasty industry, but that are, that are following the NFL draft. Um, but, but just it's fun. It's just fun. Like that Charlie Cashley thing I referred to earlier, that was just hilarious when that happened, like the, the reaction on Twitter to, 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 to Kyle Krabs' uh, tweet. So uh, anyway, it, it was uh, – and that, that would have been a good nominee too. Listen, so um, if you can get an NFL assistant coach, even if it's off the record, to admit that he'd punch himself in the nuts many, many, many times to draft a player, that guy deserves a Barkley. <laughs> I don't I mean, no offense to Dusty Carr or Rich Eisen, but whoever <laughs> that NFL assistant coach is, he wins that Barkley, hands down. <laughs> I hate that they don't name names. I want to know who said that because, I mean, that's a, that's a great statement. Why can't the NFL be more fun, and why can't you say statements like that? You know, we'll, we'll give him a special Gesicki 
uh, tonight, Trey. I think that's how to make up for it. He wins a Barkley and he wins the coveted Gasicki um, award. Um, so guys, uh, you know, this was a great coverage of, of, of the uh, NFL combine that that's it for the Barclays. I'll, I'll play the music here. The, um, you know, the award music. Um, I, I just want to say, guys, before we end the show, I'd like to hear. Well, first of all, do we have any other like last-minute um, uh, awards we want to give out? Any, any bargains? Well, you know, I have some comments here, and you know who it's about. It's it's Mr. Ryan Nall. So I was looking, I was looking at you know some, some stats again, like pairing it with what he's doing, and uh, so the the Oregon Beavers in in Oregon State Beavers, sorry. Uh, my uncle used to be a professor there of technology. Uh, give it up to Keith Levine. He's, he's a great, great professor. Uh, but anyway, uh, the team passed last year 362 times and ran 411 times. So a lot of running. Uh, but anyway, Ryan Nall went for 810 yards. Just he went at 4.9, you know, yards per carry, which isn't wasn't like great for college. We had eight tutties plus 27 catches for 240 yards and two tutties. Uh, Oregon State only scored 29 total touchdowns. So Nall counted for 10 of those bad boys. We're talking receiving and rushing. And that includes a 75-yard rush. Uh, oh, yeah, they also went 1-11. So it's not like he was – it's not like they had great game scripts any time in the entire year. So he's coming out early because the Beavers last year sucked uh, in 2016. So not just to give it one year. Let's give it two years here because – you can't just discount Ryan Nall. Uh, he ran for 147 times for 951 yards, almost hit 1,000, almost hit 1,000, and crushed 13 tutties combined with 22 t- catches for 214 yards and two tutties. So he's guaranteed for two tutties receiving every year and is going to crush it. Uh, my thing is, Ryan Nall, I, I, I just feel like he's not getting any hype whatsoever, and he deserves a little bit. So Greenwood is playing the Greenwood flag – on Ryan Nall come the NFL draft. My Ryan Nall take is that he will not hear his name called during the NFL draft. Ooh. Who's that grab bag shame? <laughs> I am not a grab bag of shaming about Ryan Nall. He's However, a solid seventh round pick. On a, on a side note, I would like to get you guys take. This is, there was no advance notice listeners on this, but I want to get you guys off the cuff, and obviously there's going to be a ton of debate that happens between now and the NFL draft, but what do you think happens at number one overall? The Cleveland Browns currently own the pick. One, do you think they make the pick? Two, who do they take? I'm going to start with you, Ryan. Oh, man. You know, I think they take a quarterback. Do I, do I have to name the quarterback? Yeah, I want to hear it. Who, who, who do you think they take at this point? Oh, man. It's off the cuff. I'm not going to – I know it's off the cuff. I know, I know, I know, but, like, I'm a librarian, Trey. You can't do this to me. I have to, I have to analyze it from every angle. I don't like this off-the-cuff stuff. You know what? For, forget it. If it's off the cuff, they're going to take Barkley because he is Superman, baby. He is Superman, and they're going to take him. Barkley, you can book it. I like it. What do you go think, to, Will? I'm thinking I'm – I think they're going to go Darnold. They love this youth. Well, they, they used to. I think they're still going to be a hangover from that. I think they'll sign like an A.J. McCarron and take like a Barkley first overall because they, they need to plant their flag on a quarterback – as a, as a, you know, as a team, and by I say that they need, I mean I think they will plant their flag in, in a quarterback, and I, I, would, I think they'll take Darnold, and I think they'll maybe they'll sign McCarron to be a one-year starter so they can tank for 0-16 again, and get the number one next year, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll take Barkley at four, uh, which is weird to say if he falls to there, but uh, yeah, my, my I guess my guess would be Darnold. I think though that we can't look at we, we got to look at it's the fact that it's John Dorsey and and he'll be calling the shot. So I think it's different than what they've done in the past. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really hard to predict, Trey. What do you think? I mean, I mean, with their with their great track record of quarterback drafting. Oh yeah, he's awesome, Trey. What do you what do you think the the, the Browns will do? 
I think ultimately that they end up taking, I, I do think that there's a significant need there at the number two and three spot for um, not necessarily a running back. I think that they, I think if they ultimately look at it, um, that they will believe that they can get Saquon at the fourth spot. So I think they take Josh Rose at number one overall. I would love nothing more than for them to take Saquon Barkley number one overall and then take Baker Mayfield, who will definitely be there at the four spot. That would be what I would love to see happen. Um, but I think that Josh Rosen is the safest. I mean, they, they just can't miss on this pick. That, that, that's, I think, I mean, you have two top four picks. You have to come away with impact players. Um, I know that, you know, Chubb is going to be a huge – I think that Chubb's pretty likely to go to Indianapolis at yeah, the I think third, so third pick. I think that Darnold is likely to go to the Giants at the second pick. Um, so I think that either they take Rosen number one or they take Barkley number one and then come back with – I mean, honestly, I think there's a possibility they could take Saquon number one and then end up getting um, Josh Rosen at four. No, I got to share something with you guys. So this is per John Dorsey last week the GM of, of the Cleveland Browns. If you go back to 1946, there were 17 teams in the national football league that actually had two picks in the top five. So this is pretty rare. Um, you only find one team in the past 25 years, the 1992 Indianapolis Colts that have taken players, to the top two picks in the NFL draft. And if you keep digging deeper and deeper, this is the best part. We've talked about this. Um, uh, or you've heard this talked about Cleveland owns six of the top 65 picks, six of the top 65. So let's talk about this influx of talent. That's going to come into Cleveland. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about one and four, but they've got a lot of picks guys. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do. And they have a lot of options. I think they, I think they own too many picks. Who are they going to cut from their team? <laughs> Isaiah Crowell. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll <laughs> figure it out. They have like a million draft picks, which it's like, it's like having like a, mil, a million theoretical dollars from the internet. I'm going to throw this out in our closing thoughts segment. I'm going to make it really quick. Um, I read a blurb today, and uh, this is just throwing a little dynasty bone out there. I know we've been talking rookies and combine. and uh, Jordan Matthews is a fantastic dynasty by low right now. I think that I just read a blurb about his uh, knee and ankle injuries and how he felt like they were kind of misdiagnosed in Philly. And then when he showed up in Buffalo, the doctors there really nailed exactly what it was. He had surgery in December and uh, feels like the issues have been taken care of. Super promising. I think he could end up in a good spot. I think that you could literally buy with the rookie hype. I think you could buy Jordan Matthews probably for a fourth round pick right now. Um, Awesome opportunity to go out there and buy him. Go buy some Jordan Matthews shares. I'm super excited where he goes. Maybe the Bears. Oh, I wanted to talk about this. I forgot to bring it up earlier. The Bears should not sign Sammy Watkins. They have had a troubled history of wide receivers with injuries. Why would they sign Sammy Watkins or Allen Robbins for that matter? Because they need a wide receiver, Will. That's why they would do it. I mean, which one of them is trustworthy? I mean, I get that. So I would would take Allen Robbins over Sammy Watkins hands down uh, because Watkins has had more years being injured. And I think that, like, if you look at Alshon Jeffrey's last few years there and the way they let go of, like, Brandon Marshall and things like that, like, get – sign – I would say sign – just go and sign, sign Allen Robinson. Don't, don't, don't go yep. for Sammy Watkins. But Sammy please. Watkins' issue was his foot, and it's, it's been pretty well documented that once the second surgery takes place with these guys with that particular foot injury, that most of the time that they're right. And, you know, he made it through this past season with no ill effects. So I, I feel like that the injury label on Sammy might be – I mean, I'm not saying he's, he, he isn't a risk to get injured, but um, I think that the – and I'm a known Sammy lover, so obviously I'm going to come to his defense. But, I mean, it's pretty well documented, the success of that second foot surgery with, uh, with the injury he and just, had. And just please, please, please don't take a wide receiver – in your first round pick, Chicago. Yeah, please don't ruin a wide receiver. Yeah, there's, there was, there's nobody worthy uh, with that that pick. That's for sure. I don't think there's anyone worthy, to be honest. It's happening. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Joes. You can contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at ffjoes on Twitter. Your feedback is welcome. Let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. 
We come at you weekly on Fridays with new episodes, at least by Fridays. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review, but only, of course, if it's a positive one. You can find us all on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will, at least for right now, is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Mike Tyson approves this message. <laughs> what, what's your best impression guys what, what do you think is, is, is Trey is that your Mike Tyson I've never really considered myself to be a uh, Mike my oldest son loves my Yoda I've been doing I've been doing the Yoda I've been embracing my inner Yoda let's hear the Yoda oh you're welcome yeah. to that <laughs> and I you know I try to be like hmm? finished running with dinner are you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, I really wish I could do a great Chewbacca. Yeah, I can't do a good Chewbacca. Will, can you do a Chewbacca? (laughs) (laughs) You got the best Chewbacca of the bunch. I can't. uh, Pardon the uh, pre Hey, I'm Chewbacca. I do weird things because I'm like a carpet. I'm I'm scared of Saquon Barkley. It's weird.